welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Bless the Lord. You know, I have to say, um, being here on a Wednesday um, and being able to share the word um, or, or just, you know, listen to the worship or just be here. You know, it's not, there's not a lot of people in the sanctuary right now, but there's a richness here. The presence of the Lord is here and I can't wait. I know the leaders and pastors here, everybody here, we cannot wait to share what God is doing right here with you. I know it's already translating through the screen at home, but I cannot wait for the Wednesday nights when we're here together. We're worshiping the Lord and you can sense his presence the sweetness of it the power of God is here and what a blessing it is right what what we can boast in that Paul said uh, I won't may I boast in nothing save the cross of Jesus Christ wherein I've been crucified to the world and the world to me Paul said I could be I could boast in the cross because the the cross took the world out of me and the cross took me out of the world and we thank God that there was a cross we thank God that there was a sacrifice that there was a moment in time where God God showed forth his love to humanity by giving his son. Uh, this, is, this is not my message. It is the message. It's not my message. But even as, even as I share that uh, today, I uh, took my son, took Jackson, three months old, for his bloods, to take bloods. They're doing some tests on him, and I was watching them. He was, he was so good, by the way. Jackson, if you ever watch this back when you're an older boy, well done. Dad's really proud of you. You didn't shed a single tear while they took your blood. But there was a moment where I was watching these two nurses take uh, a vial of my son's blood, and um, I was watching, I was telling Laura, I was watching it. And, and when I saw his blood, something just hit me. It just hit me. And, and in that moment, I realized that there was nothing more precious to me in this whole world. Nothing more precious than the blood of my baby boy, the blood of my son. And it brought me to the gospel straight away. What a thing for the father to have been pleased to give, to, to give his son to allow the blood of Jesus be shed for sinners like you and me. It's amazing. And Jesus said, no one takes my life, but I give it. And, this, and only to take it up again. And this charge I've received from my father. Jesus gave his blood blood freely for sinful humanity and it just struck me the precious reality Peter says we've not been saved by paltry things like silver and gold but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ and it is precious it is precious it's by it's not it's no little thing that God would spend and the Bible says in the book of Acts God describes the church of God as the church that he purchased with his own blood It's amazing. So whatever you are tonight, you're purchased by the blood of Jesus. Whatever whatever you are tonight, wherever you are tonight, whatever your situation is, whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're going through, the precious blood of Jesus was shed for you. It's remarkable. You know, you can know your value, right? You can know your value. It's not the opinions of man that tell you what you're worth. It's not your feelings that tell you who you are or what you're worth. It's what was paid for you at Calvary. And I want to encourage you right now with that. Oh, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Praise God that the blood was shed. 
oh, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I'm tired. I'm full of monster. But the grace of God is more than enough. More than enough. I love it. I love Paul. God said it to Paul. He said, Paul, don't you understand? My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Don't you understand? I want you to be weak so that you can experience my strength. Lord, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this, going through that? Why does it feel like the burdens of life are so heavy? Why does it feel like I can't get, can't break over the surface of the flood waters to just draw in another breath? The Lord is saying, because I want to keep you afloat myself. It's me. I want to give you strength. It's only in weakness that you can discover my strength. It's only in weakness you can discover the greatest parts of who I am. It's only in weakness you can know my comfort. It's only in weakness you can know my compassion. It's only in weakness you can know my mercy. It's only in weakness you can experience my grace. And so Paul said, I rejoice in insults. I rejoice in hardships. I rejoice in the things that I once considered a thorn in the flesh. Now I see that they're God's way of bringing me into his strength. Charles Spurgeon said, I've learned to kiss the waves that toss me against the rock of ages. Isn't that wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? Can we kiss the waves tonight? Can we kiss the waves tonight? Listen, uh, I'm just sharing out of my heart, but I want to co- come to the word of God tonight. I want to read a passage of scripture. It's from Exodus chapter 33. We know the passage very, very well. Uh, just as you're returning to the passage, please, uh, I- I'm going to pray and we're going to get into the word tonight and let's pray that we hear from the Lord. Amen. Not from Patrick Darbin. I want to hear from the Lord. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your grace, Lord. It's the only reason why any of us can stand. Your word said, Lord, if we would be, uh, if, if, if you would number our iniquities, if you would count our sins against us, who could stand? Lord, yet we stand, Lord, not in our righteousness, but in yours. We stand, Lord, not in our strength, but in yours. We stand not in our own acceptance, but in yours. We stand, Lord Jesus, in the mercies bought for us at Calvary. We stand in the love shed abroad on the cross for us and now made alive in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, Lord. God, I thank you tonight that, Lord, we can draw, Lord, we can draw from the rock by speaking to it. We don't have to, Lord, I thank you for the psalmist's words. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, Lord, so we can come to a rock, Lord, and speak to it and receive truths that are higher than our reality, truths that are higher than our experience, truths that are higher than our feelings, truths that are higher than our reasoning, truths that are higher than the wisdom of the this world, truths that are higher than the philosopher and the debater's arguments that that are full, uh, Lord, of of hot air compared to the truth of your word. And so, Lord, tonight, I pray that you would just come and, Lord, you would speak and I pray that you would touch lives. I really, really, really pray that people would be touched by the word of God tonight. I pray that for the people listening who are in desperate need of a word from heaven, that they would hear from heaven, Lord. Hear from your spirit, Lord. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a man speaking, Lord. They'd, they'd see through the vessel, Lord, to, to, to you, Lord, and to the message. And I just pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen again. Hallelujah. I'm going to read tonight from uh, the book of Exodus. Uh, please join me in chapter, uh, verse 12, chapter 33. Uh, I'm going to read, but just before I do, a little bit of context. Uh, the children of Israel have um, 
uh, under Moses. God has brought them through the Exodus. They're at Sinai. It's a crucial point in their history. And the Bible says Moses went up to Sinai, spent 40 days and 40 nights there in the presence of the Lord, heard the voice of God, saw the finger of God, and God wrote on tablets of stone the commandments, the law, and made covenant at that point, the covenant of Moses. It happened there in Sinai. And the Bible says as Moses was leaving and Joshua, they were leaving the top of the mountain. They heard what sounded like revelry revelry and sure enough they went down to the camp and the children of Israel had turned from God turned from the one who had set them free turned from the one who would broke them out of the shackles out of the bonds of Egypt turned from the one who had brought them by his loving mercy and kindness out from, 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 from the shackles into freedom and they'd made a calf a golden calf and they'd said this is the God who brought us out of Egypt they'd begun to worship a calf it was a moment of national failure it was a rejection of the Lord it was a a, a low point and Moses now having interceded for the Israelites God comes and speaks to him and tells him I'm going to send you I'm going to send you to the land I promised to give you because I'm faithful isn't that wonderful God said although they've broken faith with me I will not break faith with my word I'm going to send them to the land that I promised to give them I'm going to put them there but I won't go with them. I, I, I won't be near. Actually, that, what the text means is God saying, I'm, I'm not going to be close. I'm going to be from afar, but I'll send an angel. And uh, the Bible says that the people heard this and they saw it as a disaster. This was a disastrous commandment. And so here in verse 12, let me just read here. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation... Uh, is your people and he said my presence will go with you and I will give you rest will you underline that in your bible if you're not averse to marking your bible underline that in your bible I want to talk today about rest I believe that the Lord is calling a people to his presence that they may know rest okay so I'm just I'm gonna we're gonna get into that uh, now I'm just gonna continue to read for, for a few more verses and I will give you rest Verse 15, and he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight, I on your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and the people from every other people on the face of the earth and the Lord said to Moses this very thing that you have spoken I will do for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name he said I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim uh, before your name the Lord before you my name the Lord and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy but he said you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live and the Lord said behold there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock and while my glory passes by I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen I want to walk through these verses 
I believe that the Lord wants to speak tonight and I, I believe that the Lord wants to call his people to an encounter again. I believe that the Lord wants to refresh us and bring us back to a place in his presence where we can really know his rest. So I want to begin to explore this. Okay, I want to explore it. And if I have time, I'm not sure I will. If I have time, I want to look at a problem. I want to look at a promise. I want to look at a plea, a prayer, and a position. That's lots of peas. I'm very proud of all my peas. Took me a long time. Okay, uh, but I want to look at all of that. So let me begin in verse 12. I want to look at Moses tonight, folks, because Moses is dealing with the failures of a lot of people. So it could have been, some commentators say, it could have been over 6 million Hebrews at the time, but also aliens, there were Egyptians also, who would have left with Israel at the time of the Exodus. And they were all under Moses. Now, ultimately, Moses, with Jethro, his father-in-law's, under his kind of advice, Moses went and got 70 elders who would help him to judge Israel. But for the most part, it was Moses leading these people. That is a lot of pressure, folks. That is a lot of pressure. It's hard to deal with the burden of people. It can be hard, particularly when we have to deal with their failures. Moses is dealing with the failures of people. And look what he says here. You have been telling me, Lord, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. In other words, he's saying, God, you've called me to lead. You've called me to serve, minister, stand in the gap for these people. It could be family in your case. It could be ministry. It could be children, whatever it is. But Moses is saying, I feel alone in it, Lord. I feel alone in it. I feel the full weight the reality of where they aren't. I feel the full weight of where these people aren't. Sometimes you see the journey others must go on better than they can. Moses could see the journey the Israelites had to go on. He saw them at their point of failure. He felt the burden. Lord, how can we move from this place of national failure and get to a point, Lord, where we're standing in the promised land, in the blessing, the weight of this, the weight, the responsibility for caring for people, the burden of it, it's too much. You know, you can watch people make their mistakes. People you love, pierce themselves through. There's a burden involved in getting people to where they need to be. It can be immense. And maybe I'm talking to you tonight. You've got wayward children. You've got a spouse or it could be somebody in your life. You love them and you know God has called you to stand in the gap for them. You know God has called you to be there, to walk with them on their journey into Christ, into fullness. But there's failure those failure, they're not where you know they should be, whether or not they know it. What an interesting place to be at. And you have to carry that. You have to deal with that. It's funny when Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. It's funny, you never thought that that call would come in the form of the failures of the people around you. It's funny, but that's the way that it is. Lord, when you look and you see the state of the union and so many, you know, we're, we're in a, a, a lockdown. We're in a place where we're stuck with family. We're stuck with family. I love being with my family. 
if you're watching. I love being with my family, but we are closer now than ever. We, we are, we are well, where before we used to, you know, break off in the morning, come home in the evening or whatever it might be in your home. Now we're close. Now we're together. And more than ever, we're seeing the reality, particularly for young people. OK, I've been a youth pastor for a while, so I know what it can be like for parents to look at their children and not see what they're hoping for, trusting for yet. Lord, I know there's a word. I know I'm standing on the promises, but my young person isn't where I want them to be and it's a burden in it but I want to tell you these are the waves that throw you against the rock of ages these are the very things that push you now look at Moses look at what Moses says here look at what he says okay feel the weight of it verse 13 I know you by name and if you and, and, and you found favor with me, if you were pleased with me, teach me your ways. Now, this is interesting. When, when he says, teach me your ways, what he's actually asking for is, show me your character. Or I want an experience of you. I want to experience you in a deeper way. Okay, so when you really look at this, these first two verses, Moses is saying, Lord, you've called me to people to lead them, to stand in the gap for them. And I know what your word says. I know what your word says. Look at it. Look at what he says. I know what your word says. I know. I know. Well, let me just find it. Instead of telling you, let me find it. One second here. Uh, it says, I know what your word says. It's right here. Yeah. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you have found favor in my sight. So what Moses is saying is, I know, I know the promises. I know I'm loved. I know you care about me, God, but I need something more. I need an encounter. I need an encounter. So listen, uh, there is a certain point where burdens get so heavy that it's not an internet. It, it can't just be an intellectual knowledge of God anymore. It can't just be, I just know what the Bible says. You can't throw a memory verse at it. Try and throw a memory verse at your teenager. See what happens. Try and throw one. See what happens. It's too late for memory verses. Okay. We thank God for his word. But there's time, there is a time where you need an encounter with the God of the word. There's time, there's a time. And this is what Moses is saying. Lord, I can't, I know what your word says. Amen to what your word says. But I need an encounter with you. Teach me your ways. Show me your character. Show me who you are. I need an encounter to know that you're for me. I need more than just head knowledge. Lord, come and prove your word. It's a different type of knowing. It's a different type of knowing. The Lord doesn't just want you to know his word. The Lord wants you to know the glory of his word by showing you his presence. That's what it is. And I'm going to show exactly what I mean by that. Glory means weight. God wants to show you, bring the weight of who he is into your life. Okay. And this is Moses' call. Lord, I need you to come with your ways, with your character. I need you to refresh me in your love so that I can continue to live in the grace that you've won for me. For the sake of the people you've called me to demonstrate your love towards. In other words, Lord, unless I experience your love firsthand, I won't have any more love to give to these people. I need an encounter. Is that you tonight? 
Lord, unless I have an encounter, I know all the truth, I, I get it, I know what the word says, and amen, but I need I need to experience your love for myself. I need your presence. I need to meet with you because if I don't, I don't have enough grace. I have nothing else to give these people you've called me to lead. Verse 14, I love that the Lord immediately comes and speaks and his word to Moses is my presence will go with you. My presence will go with you. Folks, it is all about his presence. The Lord allows the burdens come in to push you back toward his presence. And in that place, he gives you rest. So what does he say? He says, Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I will bring you into rest. I will bring you into rest through my presence. Psalm 23 verse 2 says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, right? That green lush place. What does that mean? It means that naturally we don't tend to recognize blessing. So the Lord likes to, to settle us down to allow us to really see what is going on, to count the blessings, okay? I'll give you rest. Now, I want to show you this. I think that this is amazing. When you look at the word rest, oh, well, first of all, two words, presence, presence actually means literally the light of his countenance or the light of his face, Okay, so remember in Numbers uh, 6.26 that Lord lift up the light of his countenance. Lift up the light of his countenance and give you peace. Lord, shine your face on me that I might have peace. So God says, I'm going to shine my face on you, Moses. I'm going to look towards you and not away from you. And I'm going to give you rest. And there's, there's really that word means settle. But there's two other smaller words I want to explore today that it means. It means to abandon. And it means to permit. Interesting. So the Lord says, Moses, I'm going to give you rest in my presence. In other words, Moses, in my presence, I'm going to teach you how to let go. I'm going to teach you how to let go. I'll show you what I mean by this. I'm going to teach you how to let go. See, sometimes we need to abandon expectations, desires, plans, when we look at people, when we're, we're burdened for people, when we feel the weight of other people's lives, sometimes actually rest looks like abandonment. Sometimes it actually looks like letting go of those things. Oh, you know, I expected more from you. I expected you to be somewhere other than where you are now. I expected things to be better than they are. And it takes your rest away. You look at somebody, you see their failure. It's not in judgment. You love them. It's concern. I expected more. It takes away your rest. You can't settle, Lord. Or how about permit? And I think this is an interesting word. Rest sometimes can look like permitting things. It can look like allowing things happen. 
allowing things happen. Lord, I could step in. Lord, I could say something. Lord, I could intervene, but you're the one who intervened 2,000 years ago. And unless they meet with you and the love of the cross, there's nothing I can do anyway except pray. Now, I heard a wise, wise person say once, when you're young people, when you're teenagers who are young, tell them about Jesus. And when they're old, tell Jesus about them right? Is it time? Is it time to pray that they get an encounter with God's divine intervention? Is it time that they, we need to be praying for Damascus Road experiences for our teenagers? God, we need an encounter and we pray that through our encounter, the people we care for and trust or trust in you for can have an encounter as well. It's funny. What would it be like if we abandoned some of the things that we're holding on to and permitted some, some of, let go of some of the controls that we're holding on to? What kind of rest we might experience when we really consign those people to God? In other words, who's really carrying those people? Who's really carrying those people? Isaiah 42, 1. Um, it's one of the servant songs. God says, uh, speaking of Jesus, Jesus would come in the flesh to die for the sins of mankind. It says, speaking of Jesus, I'll uphold you. It says, I'll uphold you. Now, Hebrews 1.3 says that Jesus upholds the whole world with the power of his, with, with his word alone. So if Jesus, Jesus is the only one who actually upholds anything, really. The rest of us are control freaks. If Jesus can uphold everything and still model rest and model, model that for us. In other words, Jesus put down his right to control everything and let the Father carry him through life. Well, if Jesus modeled that for us, why are we holding on or, or presuming to carry or control these things at all anyway? The Lord wants to bring us back to that place. No, it's me upholding everything. I'm upholding you and I'm upholding the things you care about. Plea, verse 15. Moses, hearing that promise, he says, well, Lord, if your presence doesn't, if your presence doesn't go up with us, I don't want to go. Anyway, I don't want to leave this place, Lord. If your presence doesn't leave, and listen, I want to say this plainly as this. His presence, there is nothing greater. There is nothing more wonderful, nothing more glorious, nothing more important than the presence of God. Some ministries need to be reminded of this, be refreshed of this again. It's not about entertainment, not even about education. It's about the presence of God. It's about the anointing of God. It's about the power of God. Paul said the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. There's not a matter of talk, but of power. Paul said again in Romans, he said, it's not the kingdom of God. It's not a matter of eating or drinking, but righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. God has come to fill his people. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. God has come to fill his people. I don't want to ask you, are you full of the Holy Ghost? If you're not full of the Holy Ghost, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, pray 
Pause this, you can come back later and ask the Lord to fill you. The scriptures say he will. He's a good father. He'll give of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Ask Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me, I want an encounter with you. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Baptize me with your spirit, Lord Jesus, so that I might speak, Lord, for you. Lord, even in new tongues, Lord, and speak for you and speak, Lord, the the oracles of God to those in my life. Lord, those I care for, those I care about, speak with power, with weight, with anointing so that, that they would know that there is a God in heaven who loves them. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. Fill me with your love and your grace for people. I don't have it on my own. I don't have it. But you have an eternal supply. It's funny. Moses turned down the offer to have the blessing of God without the God of the blessing. What was God saying? He was saying, take the land, go to the land. You can have all the blessing. I just won't be there. And it's amazing that you can be blessed without rest. So many people in the world, the world is full. People who are enjoying the common grace of God, enjoying blessing, enjoying all the world has to offer. They're blessed, but they have no rest. Folks, rest isn't even a place. Rest isn't found in your possessions. Rest is a person. Rest is Jesus. You can't separate rest from the presence of God. You can't separate rest from him. He is the Sabbath. He is rest. Hebrews 4 teaches that. Bible says if Joshua could have led the children of God into rest, there would not have been another day spoken of. In other words, there's still a rest for the people of God. You can be in Christ and not be at rest. Do you know that? You can be in Christ, enjoying the blessings. And that was what was on offer to the Israelites. You can be in Canaan. You can be in the promises, but you'll have no rest. Because it's not the high-walled cities. It's not the, the, the fortified vineyards and the cattle and the grapes that it takes two men to carry. It's me. I give you rest. I give you peace. I give you joy. I give you what you need to enjoy the things I've created. It's from me. There is no rest outside of me. There's no rest outside of Jesus. Only working and striving for things you can never buy. I want to read just a few verses here. In um, Isaiah 63 verse 9. Because Moses says, he says, Lord, how can I, how will the world know the difference? If you don't come with me, Lord, how will they know that I belong to you, that we belong to you, that we're your people? Your presence is the difference. Your presence is the marker. And I was meditating on this. I was asking, Lord, why? And what, what does that mean? And I believe that uh, the Lord led me to some of these verses here. And in Isaiah 63, verse 9, they're talking about the Exodus. They're talking, uh, Isaiah's talking, uh, give, giving a history of the children of Israel. Listen, in all their suffering, he also suffered. And he personally, this is the Lord, rescued them, the children of Israel. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them. All the years. Deuteronomy 1.31 says, God, as a man carries his son, carried the Israelites all the way. God carried. What does the presence of God look like in the life of the believer? It looks like being carried. I know it's cliched and I think pretty much every Christian uh, already knows it. But there's a story called Footsteps in the Sand. 
uh, I was wondering whether or not I'd share it, but I feel prompted to, so I'm going to. There was a man who died, and he got up to glory, to heaven, and he met God, and he spoke with God, and he said, God, can you show me my life? Can you give me a picture of my life? Show me exactly what my life was like with you, my walk with you. And the Lord said, no problem. Showed him a sea, a shore, a, a sand, waves, and, and two sets of footprints walking across the sand. And the man looked and he, he was perplexed. He said, well, wait a minute, Lord. What about those moments there? Those hard times in my life, there seems to only be one, one set of footprints what does that mean, Lord? Are they the times where, where you left me? They, they were the times where I couldn't sense you. They were the times where I couldn't see you or feel you or perceive you. Were they the times where you left me? And the Lord said, no, they were the times where I carried you. The hardest times, the lowest times, the most difficult times, they were the times where I carried you. The only problem I have with that story is that it's it's wrong because the Lord carries us all of the time. All of the time. There's only one set of footprints in the sand. His. There's only one set. He carries you. The Bible says in Exodus, I think it's 19.4, you saw what I did to the, 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 um, to, to, to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and I brought you to myself. The Lord speaking to the Israelites, I carried you to me. And I just think of my son, I think of Jackson, carrying him out of the hospital uh, this uh, morning, carrying him and, and uh, there was nothing more precious to me than my son. How much more us in the hands of the Lord? You know, I, um, let's have a look at the, yeah, well, just pray. A little, a little bit more, Rana, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a prayer. I'm going to leave you with a prayer. There's a little bit more. Verse 18. Um, Moses says something. He says, show me your glory. He says, show me your glory. And I think it's, it's, it's an amazing prayer. Uh, glory means weight. means weight. Um, it, it, and, and so what Moses is really asking, he's praying and he's saying, Lord, I feel the weight and the burden of life. I feel the weight and the burden of people. I need you to make the weight of your glory. I, I, need, I need to encounter your, your glory. I need you to make the weight of your word and the truth of who you are a greater reality in my life than the weight of what I'm facing. And what I love, I'm going to read that again. Lord, make the weight of your word and the truth of who you are a greater reality in my life than the weight of what I'm facing. That's an encounter. You need only ask. Isn't it wonderful? Lord, shift the weight. Tip the scales in my life. Open the eyes of my heart. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, he says what we're facing currently is light and momentary affliction compared to the weight of glory that awaits us. What does that mean? It means that when you begin to compare what is coming, with what you are presently enduring. The glory of what is coming outweighs the weight of what you're going through and the scales tip toward eternity and you feel the burden lift. It's amazing. But not all comparison is bad. Paul shows us there that when you're in a place where you feel the weight of God, it's simply a prayer. Show me your glory, Lord. 
Help me see through the veil of this reality to a higher reality. Help me see beyond the now to what will be. My child may not be where I want them to be now, but there's a word over their life that says ultimately they're already seated with you in heavenly places. I thank you, Lord, that while they have made commitments in the past to you and forgotten them, you have never forgotten the commitments that they made and they're in your hand and they can't be lost and you'll not suffer one of them to be taken by the enemy and even now Lord I'm trusting that their test will be a testimony that they will come through that they will stand and proclaim the goodness of God to their generation I'm just going to end with this very quickly a perspective Paul Moses God says to Moses Moses there is a rock near to me and I'm going to put you on the rock. Amazing. I'm going to put you on the rock. You can only see who I am. God says you can only see who I am from the cleft of the rock in Christ. Through the gospel, you can only see who I am when you're standing in what I've done. It's the greater reality. I'm standing on the rock He isn't just close to me, I'm close to him. Hidden in Christ, seated in heavenly places, hidden in the cleft of the rock, covered by his hand. This is the key to your encounter with God, knowing not just what he has made you, but where he has placed you. I am loved, I am chosen, I am secure. This is the climate of faith that opens you up to an encounter. And he would come and he would proclaim his name. What that means is, it literally means that he'll come and and, and remind you that his name is on you. Remind you that you're chosen. Remind you that you're called. Remind you that he's chosen to show compassion and show mercy to you. Mercies that are new every morning. A compassion that will never end. Wonderful. I've put you, see, and for somebody today you need to know. See, I've put you in the rock. I've hidden you in my son. I've put you somewhere safe. Why? So you can discover who I am. So you can see my glory as it passes by. So you can, you can receive the blessings of being seated with Christ. So you can know what it is to belong to me. I pray that encourages somebody tonight. I pray that it does. Um, I, I just thank God for his word tonight. And, and Andy, do, do you want to kind of pray and close it off or... Yeah, pray and close it off. And thank God tonight for his word. And church, we miss you. We're looking forward to seeing you again. Be, be blessed tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you for your word, Lord. So clear, so concise. Lord, I pray, Lord, that it will comfort many. Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word even ministering to our hearts even here. Lord, we pray for your people out there. Lord, I pray that this, this word will not be stolen by the cares of this life. It will not be stolen by circumstance, but rather it will, be, it will anchor us to yourself. We trust you, we love you, and we adore you. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Folks, God richly bless you. We, we pray you'll have a wonderful week. Be blessed in the Lord. Know that God is with you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at courtchurch.com. 
or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.